0: All right, folks. Welcome back
1: to the latest Mountain Swire Football Podcast. Week one recap. It's nice to hear. Nice to say. You know who it is. Matt Kennelly. I'm Jeremy Moss. Matt, you apparently were gluttonous for football and watched them all. Congratulations.
0: Uh, well, all except San Jose State, but that was only because they weren't actually on television this hey, past week. Hey, that's not your fault. And I wouldn't say it was a glutton for punishment. You know, it I didn't was, say uh, punishment. For, I said you're gluttonous good week all, all around.
1: I didn't say. Gluttonous can I get well? I just a lot, you know what I mean. I wasn't going with the uh, negative term gluttonous. No, so. I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> but I, uh, I just I give a high five to whoever decided to put condensed games on YouTube because I was out of, wasn't able to watch consistently all weekend, so I blasted through a ton. Got my Hulu live tr- preview to watch the oh Wake Forest Utah State game. So close, but not close enough. Yeah, we'll get to that. Should we just start, because we got going to blast these games, because this is a, a touch lighter than normal, so apologize for that, but it give you a nice surprise on Monday night or Tuesday morning, right?
0: Yeah, something for the commute.
1: So here's what I do. We're going to go through every game. If you're new to the um, podcast, first off, thank you, website, mwr.com, go rate, subscribe, all that fun stuff, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, go give us a good rating, and say, hey, these guys usually know what they're talking about. Usually, right?
0: <laughs> for the most part.
1: So let's start game one. San Jose State hosts Northern Colorado they got their first win after 11 straight losses 35-18 no real surprise I'm all we're going to say about this game at least I'm going to say from reading what happened and kind of a couple highlights highlights were on Twitter though we did get to see those the offense came to play we I think Josh Love did a fine job couple TDs the um, defense um, let's see if I get his name right because I'm probably going to butcher it Ethan Aguayo Aguayo nailed it 20 tackles
0: Plus a sack, plus two TFLs. He had a pretty good Thursday night.
1: So you had that. You had Josh Love have, a, like I said, a couple of TDs. Running game, a little bit to desire. But it was branched out between three different guys. So overall, they did what they had to do, and their defense looked fine.
0: The big takeaway was I felt like somebody read my preview. Oh, there you um, go. <laughs> and, and that mostly comes down to the fact that it seemed like, especially early in that game, a lot with the pass. And there was a guy I pointed at in our preview podcast and said, if San Jose State wants to get off to faster starts this year, it has to start at the quarterback position. And even though he finished 21 of 31, 224 yards, two touchdowns, uh, he completed his first eight passes, Mm -hmm. and he was 18 for his first 21, which did a lot to really help the Spartans build a lead that Northern Colorado never really challenged. And that's exactly the kind of offense that I think this team wants to be. It's the exact same kind of offense we saw flashes of last year, so, you know, getting twenty nineteen off to a strong start with a strong passing game uh, should be a really encouraging sign for Spartans fans. Well, well it
1: should be. Then you had, like I mentioned, Teller Nevins Evans had a pretty good time running the ball. Dejon Packer, even Nick Nash—that's a great name—freshman <laughs> quarterback yes. and didn't throw the ball, but had a couple of runs there. But it, like they did fine. Like I just—I think the worst case scenario was them like squeaking out a win or even losing. But from what you want, what you said you wanted to see, and what we wanted to see, throw the ball first because love is. I'm gonna do my quarterback rankings for the first time in a while. He might be higher than we thought because you're you're a bit more higher on them than me. It's still TBD a touch for me because again it's Northern Colorado. They they should win that game. I want to see some improvements next time when they're playing FBS opponents. When they're like they got Tulsa this weekend. Like I did my quick uh, week two early lines like a touchdown road or home dog, and so it's like we'll see that. We'll get to that preview, but Tulsa, just say so you no, know, Matt had zero offense of, against Michigan State.
0: Yeah, that's not a surprise. I'm just saying. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get to that. I think, but... I think we should give some credit to the Spartans' defense too, mm-hmm. because yeah, it wasn't as though Northern Colorado had no playmakers whatsoever, but they did hold their running back Milo Hall to under four yards of carry on 20 attempts, and they held their quarterback Jacob Nip to just 26 of 44 for 177 yards plus a couple picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they had nine tackles for loss as a team. You have four sacks as a team. And, you know, that's another one of those big things where, you know, we saw them do that intermittently last year. But this is a really strong start, especially, you know, among that front seven, which I think is really going to have to lead the way. And those linebackers in particular, not only Aguayo, but Jesse Osuna, who also had a sack in two TFLs, uh, Tyson Parker had a sack in a TFL. Uh, it was a big night for that unit in particular. And I think if they want to meet their ceiling this year, uh, it's you know it's going to start there, and you're probably going to see a lot more of that throughout the fall.
1: Yeah. My final note: ten wide receivers caught a pass. Ten. It's not bad. And then you had Billy Gaither, who we thought might be the leading guy, or Bailey Gaither, excuse me, two catches. Which, whatever, they're they rotating guys in or out, but getting that many guys involved, that's always a positive thing. So. Exactly. Congrats, parts. Next game, let's go. I'm using ESPN to record in order from there, so it's Utah State, Wake Forest. Thirty-eight, Wake Forest. Thirty-five, Utah State. Refs take away at least six points off the board. Can I start with well, that? Can I start okay, with that? So wait, wait, can I start with that penalty first? Okay, all right. Because I'll start there. we don't need to start in order. I, I, I didn't see it live. I'm like people like Russ complain. I'm like, I'm like people, calm down. Refs are fine. It's usually not a big deal. I felt that call. For those who don't know, what I'm talking about David Woodward basically went through the backfield, stripped the ball, and scored a touchdown. Okay. Like Very quickly. Correct. Yes. So, I watched the replay. I didn't have the salad down, but I looked at it. I saw what the call was. The Wake Forest receiver basically bulldozed a Utah State defender, and then Utah State defender happens to grab the jersey to pull him down. Mm-hmm. Why is that a penalty? When he bulldozed a uh, guy outside five yards, too, the offensive guy.
0: I mean, I think that this was a game, though, with that enough inside, twists. Yeah. It was a game with enough twists and turns that you really can't pin it on any one turn of events.
1: Oh, I'm not, but I'm saying that was pretty egregious. That's why I because, mean, like, because you could bad.
0: easily make the case that Utah State took as many, if not more, points off the board just by shooting themselves on the foot on yeah. offense.
1: Yeah, red zone interceptions, red zone no scoring when they get there was it three times in the first half, they got seven points out of it, something like that.
0: And that's that to me was kind of a recurring theme throughout the weekend mm-hmm. was that teams who were driving into you know, deep into opposing territory, and you know Bill Connelly has his his points per trip inside the forty metric, which we've talked about in, in team previews over the off season. But I mean, you look at that first quarter in particular. You know, they had you know four drives that ended up on Wake Forest's side of the field. Uh, Plenty. They scored touchdowns, they scored touchdowns on two of them. Yeah, they had that turnover on downs mm-hmm. at thirteen, and they had an interception at the four.
1: And then a guy flip over being tackled by three guys, which is a crazy play.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, there were some missed opportunities there for Utah State to really assert their will in this game. Yeah. And when you let a team like Wake Forest hang around, again, this is, you know, they're not a bottom-dwelling ACC team. They're a team with some talent, even though they're, you know, breaking in some new guys at key positions.
1: Yeah, they could win eight games possibly for, like, their ceiling might be eight games this year. But they're above above average ACC team.
0: And, and but i you know it's also unfair to pin it all on jordan love too you know he did have three interceptions mm-hmm. um probably could have had two or three more had the higgins <laughs> been able to hang on to the football yeah um but i mean you saw you know both the good and the bad of jordan love yeah i don't necessarily want to pile on because you know he saw you saw multiple throws you know especially shots that the aggies took down the field where you know, they were right on target. You know, the, the highlight that I think everybody remembers is the, the fade in the end zone to CIOC Mariner. Yeah. Um, who actually led the Aggies. eight catches 118 yards and a score.
1: I think Utah might want him back after their performance catching the ball.
0: <laughs> but that's one of those instances where, you know, in the future, in, in future weeks, they need love to be able to clean up his game mm-hmm. because you're not going to win many games when, A, you're – you know, giving a you're giving the football away three times, uh minus two in turnover margin. And Not Hawaii B, here, folks. <laughs> yeah, and B they also gave up 579 yards to the Deacons. Yeah, and you know some of that had to do with you know was tempered at least a little bit by the fact that the, they ran 105 plays. Wake cool. Forest did. Jeez. Um, you know, so it was only five and a half yards per play. There was a little bit of boom and bust, but you know, considering how many playmakers the Aggies were bringing back this year. You know, you didn't necessarily expect them to see, especially in the passing game, get just gashed over and over again. Wake Forest had 11 plays in the passing game of over 15 yards. I'm not expecting that to happen a whole lot this year, but that was definitely one of those things for, you know, as good as David Woodward was. You know, and and Tippa I had his moments too. You know, he had a TFL. Nick Henninger had a sack and two TFLs. Yeah, Jacoby Wildman had a couple TFLs, but they gave up a lot of ground.
1: Yeah, like if we like the good, like Jordan Love still with those three picks, still had over four hundred yards passing, uh-huh. over fifty percent passing. And what's really amazing, which should give Aggie, like I'm not going to you, they should have won this game. they they, there's no reason for them to lose. This game would happen. Like you said, shooting himself in the foot, that one questionable call from the officials, but they there's they should have won this game. Here's the thing too. Love has three picks, they still almost win. That's that's a good sign. If you clean it up, you're gonna win pretty much most games if that happens. Just yeah. go one pick, you're good. Jalen Warren, who I kind of mentioned last week, Juco player of the year last year came out. Not out of nowhere, but maybe to some people, hundred and forty one yards, had that huge fifty nine mm-hmm. yarder. And guys who weren't on the team last year, like Warren wasn't on the team last year, Sochi Mariner wasn't on the team. He had, you mentioned one eighteen a touchdown, like they had these guys who were out there who weren't on the team this past year are basically being their leading guys after game one against a pretty good team.
0: Yeah,
1: and that's because that's who we're looking for. We're looking for who they're playing. Who their numbers, to so carries, which is kind of interesting. Over bright nineteen to nine, that one long touchdown or that long fifty nine yarder, even without it, he's still been about ninety yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so the guys who are stepping up are guys we're slowly figuring out who it is because I'd rather than play this game than like we mentioned San Jose State, they play well against an FCS team. It's, well, we'll wait and see we know who they are. Clean up the turnovers defense is going to be okay. Clean up the secondary you'll be be pretty good and I think um, I don't know if if Warren's going to take over the starting spot spot after one game I would probably say no, but when he doubles the carries of Gerald Bright who's your number one guy, clear cut number one guy coming in it's a little interesting to see that
0: so here, here's the last thing I don't want to talk about I want to talk about that last Wake Forest drive Yes in uh, when uh, The Deacons went two plays Basically 88 yards On an over uh, After review they ended up setting up shop At the two, what was it, the one or the two yard line Or something like that? Yeah they
1: are at the one and Utah State's Defense was just shutting them down So should Utah State
0: So it was 35-31
1: Yes. You're up four Yeah like on first and ten at the eleven, let them score. Why? Like that's a good point. I remember I seen a couple games, seen NFL do it a couple of times where, I or also, actually my best memory of that is when back. Do you, I don't know if you remember this? People might make it quick, but BYU and Wyoming played in like when, I think the first WAC title game mm-hmm. back in Vegas. And it went to, I think it went to overtime. I believe it was Wyoming who won. I, I honestly don't recall. But one I of the teams
0: you're thinking of 1996, right? That was BYU. Oh no, BYU
1: would have won. Yeah, 96 BYU would have won because that's a Cotton Bowl year. And so there was a play where they just part of the red seat, let them run, and they decided to Wyoming. So i score a touchdown. They're up like eight. And I think that's what it I eventually ended up being able to tie it. Like they, like okay, we realize there's this much time on the clock. They can chew the clock up because they're far enough back. If they score, we're screwed with no time left. But if they don't score, you know what I mean. Like, if you let, if you, start, you know what I mean. Like this game is exactly close, 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 close. No time left to score. BYU let open up the gates, let them walk in the end zone. That's what I mean, Utah State should have done. Maybe give it a shot on. Here's the thing: it's you're down, you're you're up four. So field goal does nothing, right? Yeah, they're going for it. So I see the point of maybe on first down and second down, like play on those. I I, I would say play defense of those possessions because. You win with a kick-a-field goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if it's 1st and goal to one, to the slut to block in, there is, what, two minutes on there? Two nineteen, I think it is? Instead, you're uh, stuck with the... Yeah, it's so. basically an extra minute to get the ball. And Utah State did go down. It's, watching Jordan look, chuck those balls, it's crazy. He just falls forward and just foosh. He is close on a couple of them, but why not give him an extra minute? I would have let them score. I would try to play defense, because you know it's a touchdown and if they get like inside like after two plays like this or one play they get super close just let them walk it in
0: yeah i mean i th- I can't help but think that it might have been a much different situation had they been driving down the field with a little more time and all three of their timeouts
1: and it doesn't help when it seemed like jordan love is chucking it every time like every play was a hell mary essentially
0: yeah but i mean i guess it mostly depends on how much you subscribe to the you know they left too much time on the clock philosophy
1: yeah like a minute's okay but why not two minutes Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying. So it's a good performance. A little unfortunate, but it happens. It's not going to crush Utah State's season by any means for what their goals probably were. So it's not, not, you didn't lose to a bad team either. So,
0: well, and it's also worth noting that they were with uh, Utah State in the secondary where they were without Cameron Haney, who, uh, because he was injured, at least for right now, it's still up in the air for next week uh, against Stony Brook, but you know it wasn't really that anybody in the secondary played well so yeah maybe getting him back will be one of those things that helps Utah State take a step forward in Poss- the possibly come. all right next game we have a lot of games
1: we're going to say this could be the game of the weekend this one's probably the game of the day almost I would say <sighs> Nevada, yes, Nevada 34 Purdue 31 there might be a potential to get a cool t-shirt this week we'll keep you stay tuned folks
0: that's what we call a tease
1: that's what we call it. yeah well possibly tuesday by the time you hear this we'll see what happens 34 31 purdue had a 10 to 0 lead they had a 24 to 7 lead i watched a condensed version of this i'm like when is nevada gonna do something i just see all purdue with the ball the whole first half it's like let's move down move down go but i heard people complaining about like the quarterback for for nevada carson strong back there ain't no picks can't be too disappointed with that but that second half man, something changed and they just kind of turned it on outscoring 24 to set, excuse me, 27-7 and Carson strong led it. The defense buckled up and didn't let Purdue get down the field. Got a couple picks. It was a excellent turn of events to get a win over Purdue's Basically, like um I'd say a little bit better than Wake Forest because we predicted a shootout with 68 points maybe. But with Jeff there, people figure they just throw the ball and just crush non-conference opponents and put up 40 a game or something.
0: Am I misremembering, or did Wake Forest and Purdue play in a bowl game last year?
1: I'll double check if you want to mention something about the game here.
0: I mean, I think one of the big things, and and this is something that we'll talk about later with at least one other game, is as the game progressed, I got the impression that things just started to slow down for Carson Strong in particular. It seemed like early on, and and it wasn't though as though he was you know misfiring on a lot of passes. Like I think in the in the first or second quarter. Uh, you know, he was still like 8 of 12 or something like that. So it wasn't like they were being shy about taking shots mm. and, and trying and to get the ball into receivers' hands. But it just seemed like everything just kind of clicked as they hung in the game, as they kept throwing the football. Because he ended up throwing the football 51 times, which again, I do Air- feel like someone on staff read my preview. Yeah, airwolf. Yeah, right. <laughs> come on. <laughs> um, and, you know, big things was that little day. 56, 56-yarder. No time left. I couldn't believe it.
1: Who, like, he got a scholarship back for the game. Amazing. Deservedly so. Like, what kicker in the league? Like, we got Cooper Roth at Wyoming. Um, I'm spacing the Utah State kicker. is also very, very good.
0: Dominic Everly. Uh,
1: yeah, Everly, yes. Like, we, though even, even if those two guys were kicking, I still would be, I'd give it, like, maybe a 20% chance to go in. This is deep NFL range kicking. You know what I mean? Like, this yeah. never this never goes over college kickers. This is
0: like And he had and he had room to spare on that one.
1: This is a desperation. We're close enough. We'll give it a shot. I'm gar- Purdue pro- I don't recall off the top of my head, Purdue probably had somebody under the end zone just in case to catch it and take it back to try some sort of did and see, but maybe that's the case. But or I don't recall seeing that guy down there. But who who t- does that kick? It's like, hey, we're close enough. We'll see if we get if not, it's overtime, right? What do you got to lose? Exactly. <laughs> and he nailed it. So does this performance obviously the win itself, but Peeling back what we've known of, what we thought we'd known about Nevada, I think this is a really, really, really good performance because you said Carson Strong slowed down, but this guy's making his first FPS start and look what he does. No picks. Nearly three hundred yards, ran for about thirty more. My only concern is Tawatua didn't part of it being down, only had fifty six yards. He did have a touchdown, no long breakaway plays. That's probably one of my few concerns. And I guess the pass defense as well, but you got Ron Moore, it's like you just do what you can, right, to stay afloat.
0: Yeah, I mean it wasn't uh, a perfect performance from the Wolf Pack. There are some things that they'll need to work work on, you know, especially with a game against uh, an Oregon team that's yeah. still likely to be ranked despite losing to Auburn this past year. For them, for instance, penalties for ninety five yards. Yeah, um, you know they were only I'm trying to look up the third down. They were only five of seventeen on third downs, and while some of that was offset by the fact that they were also two of two on fourth downs. You know, that's, you know, indicative, I think, of the aggression that Jay Orville wanted to bring from the get-go. But that's one of those things that they're definitely going to want to improve upon when they go back and look at the tape and see those kind of missed opportunities to keep the chains moving where it's not so do or die. Yeah, right now I think it's a 22-point line. I would
1: say if they keep it within that, that'll be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that game later. So next game, the other um, Friday game not going as well. The power five, Colorado State, Colorado, Rocky Mountain Showdown. I saw the end of this game was getting sort of close, but 52-31, Colorado won the game. Collin looked okay. The It was just to defense. It's what it comes down to for Colorado State. The defense lit them up. And here's the crazy thing, too. Like the secondary for Colorado State did pretty good. It wasn't... Ludvig, uh, Chenault crushed, getting beat. Laviska going down the field and beat him. They held him in, like, in reasonably four pedestrian three catches, forty-eight yards. That's it. That wasn't um, the reason they
0: lost. Uh, You know what? I'm going to disagree with that. Why? Uh, Because they gave up eleven point six yards per attempt.
1: I'm just saying, like, oh, okay. I'm saying like, the amount of yards. Okay, yes, you're correct on that. But I, th- I figured they would. I thought Montez would throw for like three fifty plus. That's what like I felt chanel would have had a bigger game than what he did that's and if you know they still score 52 points like well, what would they do they you're right on the per play i guess that's bigger when they get it but like overall i'm like i thought they would pass way more and so i give them a little credit for holding a few guys down but everybody had a 15 plus catch it looks like almost 15 yards per reception
0: and i mean you know and, and you can you can blame the defense i guess for giving up 52 points And, you know, maybe more to the point, yes, and I I was having a a brief discussion with this with our friend Justin Michael over at DSN Denver about this earlier, Uh, they didn't give up nine yards per play like they did in last year's Rocky Mountain Showdown, (laughs) Um, but they still gave up 7.9 yards per play.
1: And four turnovers.
0: And and, and that's the other thing, because Colorado throughout the evening had a decided field position advantage but you know at some point the defense has got to make a stop you know disadvantage or not Mm -hmm. and you know when you are looking i'm trying to see if they have the uh the average field position it doesn't look like this game book does go figure um (laughs) but i mean you know you just look at the drive chart for instance and you know it seemed like almost every time that they got set up with a short field they had no problem punching it into the end zone you know, three plays, 27 yards off of a fumble in the third quarter. You know, uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things where, no, the offense didn't really do them any favors, even despite the fact that they were moving the ball. Um, you know, at some point, something has to give on the defense, and at least for one week, uh, it still looks like they have a lot of work to do.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't help they have the defensive touchdown on by Colorado either late in the game. to mm-hmm. basically seal it when it was – like I was watching the fourth quarter. Okay, it's 45-31. Colorado goes up. They go have the back-to-back touchdown essentially. I'm like okay, it's reasonably close. Rams punt, forced to bust a punt on that fumble. I was like okay, there's still time. You're down to you're down what, thirty-one fifty-two, thirty-one forty-five. Sorry, 13, fourteen points. You're still possibly in this game with what seven, eight minutes left in the contest, just about. But but then the fumble's like oh that's it. I'm like I'm out of here. Like they even though the score probably accurate for the turnover margin and things like that. But this was the Rams were. I will say re- somewhat close in this game until like the very end, we had the punt turnover and downs, the punt return for, or the uh, fumble return for TD. Like if you're down 14, with eight minutes left, they're still, you're not in it, but you know, I mean, you're close enough to make something happy to score any sort of, any sort of points. And so they weren't blo- I, the 21 point or 31, 52 score. Yeah. It's a big loss, but they're still at points in this game or somewhat close, I guess 38, 31. Like they're just a step or two behind the whole game. That's basically what it was. And they weren't able to. Yeah, you're right. Defense running game does okay, but like, I don't want to blame defense, but you're right. At some point, defense has to do something.
0: Well, yeah. And I mean, you know, Montez only threw the ball 20 times, but he had 232 yards. Yeah. And And they ran the ball, too.
1: They kind of Yeah, and their
0: lead running back averaged over six and a half yards per carry. You know, at some point, it's, you know, it can't just be the same old Rams defense. But I mean, on top of that, do you agree with Mike Bobo's comments about the refs?
1: I saw him ripping it. What exactly did he say? Do you have that in front of you?
0: Uh, well, he had a lot to say about the refs. I only saw a little um, bit of it
1: because I was watching the sound off and only really saw the fourth quarter, so I wasn't able to see a ton of this game.
0: Overall. So, uh, you know, the headline from the Denver Post in, a, in an article from Sean Keeler, it, it, le- it starts with, it's bullcrap. Um, you know, I don't understand how big a game this is that you don't have neutral refs.
1: I saw that. Were these Pac-12 refs? yes they were first off this is not a big game nationally so who cares if we're being honest right
0: uh, yeah I guess in the so. grand
1: scheme of things it's it's not so let's be fair but I agree you probably shouldn't have Pac-12 or Mountain West crew doing this game because typically um, it, it's usually I don't know how it works it, independent games are different but I guess it's the home crowd home team gets to pick sometimes it's not if it's a non-conference game it probably should be a referee crew that's not in this conference either conference is that I don't know? Is that super common? Because you see games, oh, the, like a non-conference game. Oh, this is an American crew doing the game. This is a blah mm-hmm. blah, blah crew. I don't recall. I, I just my knowledge isn't quite there. I'm thinking, but it would make sense to not be a crew from either league in any non-conference game to make it seem more fair, right?
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: But here's the thing: Do the re, like the refs? Is that really it's, you're going to lay your lay on the line for that for a 21 point loss to the refs?
0: Yeah, the refs aren't letting Buffalo's receivers get open all day long.
1: They're not letting the giant hole go up the middle. of The guy averaged, like, what do you, six yards a carry, rushing to ball, yards a yard carry. Players, too, play. there's always a couple plays here or there. Like, without thinking of anything specific, that Utah State pe- penalty or er, was egregious, very, mm-hmm. or that TD got called back. It's, no, coach or guys better stop somebody in defense. Like, you could, it's a valid argument, I would say, to not having a conference, uh, officiating crews within the game the teams play you know the refs they should be fine they're not going to be i doubt the refs are also rooting for colorado to win it's not like they get a bonus or anything if your pac-12 team wins you you know what i mean and so mm-hmm. it's, they're officiating the game they're also familiar with colorado most likely these guys on some level so no mike be quiet and win some games and quit blaming your inefficiency to coach a team up to win a game beat a freaking Dude, be- rival for once coach come on yeah, Just basically. Saying. No, the yeah. The only gripe I said like if it's a it should be a not affiliated unaffiliated crew. Besides that, they're professionals. They're not. You're not getting paid on the side. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, get over yourself. All right, are are we on for Saturday now? I think we are. New first game of Saturday, which um, is this your game of the weekend, or is this the, are the conference's game of the weekend for how it turned out and finished and all the everything that happened with it? Boise State. I, I think it State. was. This game, when we did the preview, it was not known that Hurricane Dorian, Dorian would cause a lot of havoc, and I think it currently is being a Category 5, so be safe if you're out in the area, folks. Thirty-six, thirty-one got moved to Tallahassee. Boise State fans took over the stadium at some point because it was a free-for-all seating, which is pretty cool. Credit to them, by the yeah. way. And it being, yeah, fans who made, like, they're going like, on oh, a far drive. I'm like, he's like, oh, they people probably flew into Jacksonville. It's like, well, you got to change hotels, maybe get a rental car and get to Tallahassee. It's like, come on, like, it's not whatever. I just – whatever it happened. They won 36-31 with um, – you're right. Your bold prediction may not be so bold with Hank Bachmeier being breaking all sorts of records for
0: Boise State. Well, you have to hope he survives the season. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Yeah. You know, especially, especially in that first half. He was getting the crap kicked out of him. He
1: got sacked, what, six times, I want to say? Eight times? Six times.
0: Six times.
1: Official hurries, eight. Knockdowns, probably half a dozen.
0: Quarterback hits is listed as eight.
1: Oh, eight. Okay. He was getting crushed and standing up and making throws while getting hit. It wasn't all. Oh, he got like blindsided one time, didn't fumble the ball, which was pretty nice in that first half. He held onto it tight. But I'm going to say, like, Florida State fans, whatever, I'm going to say Boise State won this game more than Florida State lost the game.
0: I mean, I think, I think I would definitely agree with that just because you look at the way things changed throughout that game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it seemed to me like it was almost like a tale of two halves. Um, you know, just looking at the first half, for instance, the yardage was barely even uh, as far as total offense is concerned. But when you looked at the yards per play, um, Boise State was running more plays, which we'll, we'll talk more about that in a minute. But in that first half, the Seminoles averaged almost 11 yards per play. And it was the kind of thing there, you know, that those big explosive plays in the first half were what really enabled them to take that big lead. You know, they had that 38-yard yard touchdown run to open the scoring from Cam Akers. They had the 70-yard touchdown from James Blackman to, to Morian and Terry. Uh, and then they had another one for 58 yards, uh, you know, 58-yard touchdown pass. So... That was you know, the big difference in the first half versus the second half because you go back and and look at what they were doing as far as yards per play in the second half, uh, and it was completely reversed. You know, Boise State was still running a huge number of plays, but after halftime, the Seminole averaged 2.3 yards per play. Yeah. And that was a huge turnaround for the defense. Yeah, zero points. mm mm-hmm. Punt. Florida
1: State second half drive, punt, 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 fumble, punt, 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 punt. Yeah,
0: they had nothing to offer them after halftime.
1: And that fumble, like near the Boise fumble, in, what? Five? It seemed like five Florida State guys couldn't land on the ball. It's like let's that was try, crazy. Let's try to pick it up and run, which goes to your point, football outsiders. Fumble luck is a thing, because you would think Florida State. Oh, we got two guys here, a third or fourth guy nearby. We got the ball, an oblong shaped ball with two just, points just at the fall end. On it. Yeah, you're not. I don't care who you are. Like you're right there, you're near the end zone it's like just fall on the ball. you have the ball, maybe you won the game if you get that ball
0: I mean but, to me the, to know. me the stat of the game is that for for the entire game, Florida State had a combined eleven chunk plays you know they had four through the air and seven on the ground. One of them came after halftime
1: It's a pretty big deal, and it is it's like it seemed like oh, you mentioned the place what they run hundred eight plays they did how does a team it looked like florida state was a team that never played in that heat or humidity before
0: <laughs> that yeah that was that was surprising too only, well and I, I forget who it was that had the note about the offensive lineman for boise um about how i think it was john mulch ezra cleveland and and garrett larson uh larson missed only one play and the other two played every single snap jeez ridiculous! that's impressive
1: that is, that he and they're running the ball, they're blocking, or maybe not blocking at some points because Bachmeyer got hit a few times throughout the yeah, and I mean
0: oh, and going man. back to Bachmeyer, you know, that was another one of those things that really turned as the game progressed because you know he was seeing a lot of pressure early on in that first half and it had an effect on you know his ability to get the ball down the field. Like he did have some chunk plays in that first half. You know, he had the thirty-six yard completion to C T Thomas. You know, he had 20-yard completions to Holani and and John Bates, so he was making some plays. But you know, you look at his first 30 pass attempts, he was only 13 of 30. But he finished basically with three incompletions in his last 20 attempts, 20, and that was another one of those yeah. things where that you know, you know, the defense started really asserting itself. But it was also that passing game too that you no, know, not only Bachmeyer, but you know, pretty much everybody in that receiving core you know uh, Sha- kill Shakir had eight catches on ten targets mm-hmm. CT Thomas had five catches Killian Butler you know so Florida State couldn't focus on one guy because they were being so effective distributing the ball and it goes back to what I was saying in the preview podcast efficiency matters yeah and you know they didn't have it in the beginning but they found it as the game went along not only in the air either well awesome. Robert Mahone oh yeah we can't overlook what he was able to do because, you know, like I said, I thought he was the most important person in this offense in this particular game. And, and after this performance where he had 24 carries, 142 yards, two scores, he might still be the most important cog in this offense going forward, too. Especially be. if he can keep having up performances like that.
1: Yeah, in this game, it's like they're going to be ranked in the polls come out Tuesday morning because they're just on the cusp. They'll be, who you knows, 22.
0: I don't know if they will. Ooh, why is that? Come well, I mean, when you just look at all the teams that were ahead of them, not enough of them lost.
1: Let me take a quick look here. Um, the North Northwestern lost to Stanford?
0: Right. Northwestern lost. Missouri lost. Nebraska two In a
1: moment. Nebraska barely beat freaking Southern Alabama. So, sup, Nebraska fans?
0: <laughs> yeah, but the the AP is thirsty for Nebraska. So, I mean, you you really have to look through those teams that were in like the Miami didn't play, receiving votes.
1: Cincinnati, would they jump over Boise if we beat UCLA? I think Florida State's better than UCLA.
0: No, I get what you're saying.
1: Okay. I thought they were closer than they were. I thought they were like two spots they were
0: They were 33rd overall in the top 25. Coaches pulled they might get in, in there, right? They're definitely going to get at least two or three spots closer. But, you know, Army won. Mississippi <laughs> State won. Army. Um,
1: Don't get me Army.
0: They're going to jump at least one, two, because Miami lost three. Um... They're going to jump at least three spots, so they're going to be at least thirtieth.
1: Well, coaches' poll, they might get another twenty-seven right now. That's probably true. Yeah, Nebraska, um, which
0: Northwestern lost yeah. Did Iowa like State he, lose, like you mentioned. Uh, Iowa State escaped in triple overtime. Oh, that's right. Remember,
1: NIU, that's right. Okay, against NIU. an FCS team. Boise should be twenty-fifth in coaches' poll. I'll call it right now. That's where they should be.
0: Yeah, and but it's at least for the AP poll, it's probably going to take another week or two. Yeah. I didn't realize they're, how far they're, they're no back for their own. Yeah, I, would, so. I might add.
1: And they got a pretty good Marshall team next week, so we'll see on Friday night. So, any, any last words on Boise? Or say kudos and move on next game?
0: Can we also give a shout out to Eric Saxey?
1: What they what Eric Saxey do?
0: He went five of five on field goals.
1: Boom! Very good. All the points, right? Automatic. All right. So, yeah, excellent game. This. Um... Oh, you
0: know what? One more note. Ooh. Um, and this is from the press conference that Brian Harson did today. We're recording on Monday, the second um worth keeping an eye on uh deandre pierce's status as well as uh right tackle john ojuku because both of those guys were banged up in this game against the seminoles um their status for now is tbd and fingers crossed we'll have a little more to talk about in our preview later this week
1: all right that'll be interesting to fly back to town cross country friday night game home all right next game we have saturday was um Pretty crazy over the board. Sorry. Um, what's the next game here? I'm backing up on all my tabs here. I am Air not...
0: Force forty-eight, Colgate seven.
1: You called it. <laughs> take the over, no matter what. Or take the not the over, but the um, what were they? Nineteen points? Like take it. That's two, not enough points. Take the points. Yeah. So what's up with quarterback? Um, I know not just the one pass thing. D- Donald Hammond had what five carries? That's it.
0: Well, did you see how many people got carries? I
1: did, but it's still odd. Okay, right? so
0: for those of you who don't have the box score in front of you, I just want to make a note of this. Do it. Um, 17 different guys had a carry.
1: Checks out. Typical Air Force game. <laughs>
0: 423 yards, and that's six and a half yards per carry.
1: That's good, I'd say, right?
0: Yeah, and and nobody <laughs> had more than 10. So – yeah, you know, it was, And it wasn't like they really had to work that hard either. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it seemed like basically every time they had the ball, they were able to punch it in for a touchdown. Um,
1: well, Hamie did and, have a 60% conversion rate on five carries for scores.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they had short fields on at least three of those scoring drives. Like they picked off uh, Grant Burnham to open the game, and then they went six plays, 33 yards, you know, like clockwork. Yeah, they had another drive later in the first half where it was three plays, 46 yards. And then they had another fumble right before halftime where it was, they set him up at the one-yard line. They were able to punch in it in right away. Um, as far as the game that I saw, it did seem like Hammond had more of the playing time, even though Isaiah Sanders had the one <laughs> pass attempt that they had all day long. Oh, no, by the way, that went for 41 yards. Yeah, no big deal. So... <laughs> um, really not much else to talk about i don't think other than maybe giving a shout out to the defense because they stepped up in a big way but i think that that was to be expected you know given the historical success they've had against fcs programs they only give up 161 yards 3.2 yards per play Mm -hmm. um they were just pretty good all around
1: and they have an off week before they go to colorado on september 14th so and that's gonna be a pretty good game. That should be a pretty good game too. So Nebraska, Colorado will played CSU, rival Nebraska this week, and then Air Force. So, it mm-hmm. might be a little banged up. So we'll see how that goes. All right, next game for my because ESPN screwed me on the order, so I'm going back to where it should be. Is next game, same Houston State, New Mexico. Thirty
0: nine, thirty one, Lobos win.
1: You notice, Jock? Um, well, I guess first off, hope Bob Davy sounds like he may have had a heart attack of some sort, chest pain. Makes sense. Yeah.
0: And the last thing I remember seeing is that he is expected to make a full recovery. That's good. So that's obviously good news.
1: Yeah, it was something during the game. Our buddy Rogers at the game messaged me like, hey, look what happened. He left the game, no press conference. So hopefully he should be good to go. Unless um, do we need to um one-up Hugh Freeze and do something in a press box with Bob Davey?
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> no. That's not, that did You know what? That didn't work well for Liberty. It looks sad too a little bit, right? They got shut out by – yeah, it did look very sad. Um but they got shut up by Syracuse, so yeah. maybe maybe don't do that. Yeah,
1: don't do that. So the game thirty nine thirty one. Um no court. I guess I say it's just the quarterback with four players, not the quarterback at all. <laughs>
0: they, no, because they only start they only saw they only had two guys see Axon. Yeah. Uh, Brant Hughes got the start, and he was only replaced by Sheron Jones because he suffered an injury. Not good. And the latest from Steve Bergen over at the Albuquerque Journal says that um, uh, Brandon Hughes did practice today. Um, so I would guess that he's probably going to be the starter going into next week. Um, but, you know, the bigger news that may be overlooked is that Aaron Blackwell went down with a knee injury and his status is still to be, uh, to be determined.
1: That's not good. They need him out there.
0: It's not great.
1: Not good. I'll, yeah. Cause he'll end up having three tackles in the game. But the one stat on this game, like yesterday went 39 31. Two things on a point in this game is this the, um, the um the passing lobos now is this what they wanted in the past four years essentially?
0: Uh, this is the throwbos.
1: There you go. That's right. Oh, that's right. I was trying to think of the hashtag by stumbling. What do we do? It's the...
0: finally here. We I mean, were like four I... years too early on it. <laughs> okay, so did you actually get to watch any of this game?
1: I chose not to. I went focused on the other games. I did not go back to watch this one. I did see they this... went one to fifteen on third down, which is an ideal.
0: This struck me as a very strange game. Why? especially on the offensive side of the ball because you 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 look at the the overall numbers uh between brent hughes and sharon jones they were only 18 of 40 for 340 yards though they were just taking shots down the guys look at what (laughs) watch but you know you look at you, you go down the box score Uh, You see Anu Samoye, for instance, had three catches, 62 yards, with a long 29. You know, Mari Davis had a 51-yard catch. Jordan Kress, his only catch was 47 yards. They had so many chunk plays. Should we name this the hashtag ThrowBos instead, with like five O's in there? (laughs) No, no, I think one is enough. Okay. Um, But, you know, like they had at least, what, one, two, three, four, five, six different receivers with at least a 120-yard catch. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't all about you know Jay, Jay Griffin the fourth and Elijah Lilly, too, even though, again, those guys combined for five catches in about 79 yards, or 69 yards, excuse me. Um, but it was the same thing on the ground, too. Like Amari Davis had 16 carries for 114 yards, um, but half of those came on a 53-yard run. Yeah, but that's also what we want to see from them, which they've been lacking the past couple of years, that explosive running game, at least
1: the one play in this matchup.
0: And that's the thing because it was very, very boomer bust you know we've talked about like efficiency in the past and and I remember this was something I mentioned explicitly in the Lobo's preview podcast you know where they had this explosive element. it was just really fascinating to just watch them take so many shots down the field and i'm and I'm wondering how that offense is going to change you know because you know, Sam Houston State didn't have a great defense, obviously, to give up so many pass plays. Um I mean I'm just wondering how often they're gonna be able to get away with running that kind of offense.
1: just chuck it and hope it
0: works. Yeah,
1: basically. No, it's not gonna work. I'll tell you right now. They have to have they can't just run four verts every time and go. Well, and no, and it with.
0: wasn't even it wasn't even that they well, were I running know, four verts. You know what what basically two or three guys running down the field.
1: You got to something else. You got to mix up underneath play, play action. You have to have a tight end out there. You got to do something. You can't just throw, like, throw bombs every time and hopefully it works <laughs> out. You got to mix up your route tree there, Coach Joe Bailey. Come on, get it together. <laughs> but they want they got to win, which is good for them. Um, we'll see. If hopefully Bob Davies back for the game next week. Who do they got next week? Um, I just looked at it. Notre um, Dame. Oh boy. Who right now is in a, str- a rock fight with Louisville? Apparently, like twenty-one fourteen or something. So, really? And it's what that, let me double check the score. Even though it's great for on-demand audio with people know the score to, uh, tomorrow when they listen here. Score at the moment, as my ESPN page loads... Oh, it's 28-14, Notre, Notre Dame up, so... Eh. Oh, not, right not the 30-point victory they were expecting, apparently.
0: Well, and, and here's the other thing to keep an eye on, too. Um, yeah, even despite the explosive plays that the Lobos were able to put up, um, Sam Houston State ran 95 plays against them, and at least in terms of raw total offense. They outgained the level of 558 to 485. Jeez. You know, on a per-play basis, that's still a shade under six yards per play. Uh, And they did did force two fumbles as well, recovering one of them. Um, You know, that's something else that I think is a really encouraging sign is that they were able to kind of win that turnover battle, if even slightly.
1: Yeah, plus one.
0: But that's something to keep an eye on is, you know, how healthy that defense is going to be, you know, especially if Blackwell's gone for a long time. That's one of their few... Um, you know, proven starters on that side yeah. of the ball. What so if, he, if he's gone, it's going to be really interesting to watch how they respond on that side of the ball.
1: And it should be Notre, Notre Dame games in two weeks, not this weekend. So they have oh, a okay, bye. So go. I double check. I'm like, wait, I did the week two early lines. I'm like, I don't remember Lobos. Did I miss one. It's possible I could have missed one, but I did not. Um, all right, next game, Missouri. Well, I'm in mean, another amazing game. Mountain West uh, crushed it versus the P5. Right. Yes, they did. Thirty-seven, thirty-one. Neither of us were close on this. We figured Missouri would go out in a cakewalk and crush this game. Instead, Sean Chambers throws his first or second nasty stiff arm, depending on what you ask Robert Mahone in this game, or in the weekend, I guess. 70-something yards for a touchdown, stiff arm in the defensive end trying to get him down. 37-31, 27 points on that second quarter. What does this one mean offense think? who, Who do they think they are? 27 in the second quarter?
0: I mentioned this on Twitter. This was like the first glimpse at exactly the kind of team that Craig Bull wants to build in Laramie. I saw that, yeah. Ball control, punishing opportunistic defense.
1: I would think he'd not want to go 6-16 six to 16 passing, but he'll take the win this time to work yeah, on prob- that. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but the running game looked well with Valaday, 118 for him. Average almost 10 yards a carry. Multiple huge running plays on the ground. Every, like, passing game is quite well, like, what was that 14 yards or reception even though it was only six, mm-hmm. they moved the ball. Well, defense skipped a lot of points, but look at these guys. Like Logan Wilson had, look what he did in this game. He had all these guys tackle machines across the field. They got to the quarterback a ton, a ton, got a couple sacks, a couple TFLs. Missouri just that second quarter, like Kelly Bryant did pretty well, but yeah, they gave up 31 points, which is a decent amount. Cause he tried to mount that comeback in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. But the running game didn't do well. They ran forty-two times, Missouri, only one hundred fourteen yards.
0: That to me was maybe the most impressive part of the performance. Yeah, the way uh, you know the yeah. way they shut down Larry Roundtree in particular. Mm-hmm. He only had fifteen carries, fifty-one yards.
1: Yeah, he and the way they're you think the way they're passing that would have opened them up for Wyoming to be back on their feet to allow a running play to work well mm-hmm. to where they're gonna okay we gonna we know they're gonna pass they're passing they're passing. Quite the box, we're not going to run blitz. We'll just go on and see what happens, and drop six to—I mean, six to 6 to 8 yeah. But that was a pretty impressive there. The secondary, yeah, does need to get its act together a little bit. You can't have when well, they have at least four play, four to six plays. I'm looking at your six plays, twenty plus yards catching the ball receiving.
0: Can't, yeah. And I mean, most of that though was when they were when Missouri was trying to rally. Yeah, but still, I mean, to me, the turnovers that they were able to create in the secondary were the much bigger deal. You know, the fact that they were able to get pressure, especially on that uh, end zone interception that yes, Bryant threw, definitely. You know, to me, I think that was real game because they flushed Bryant and made him make a really poor decision throwing back against his body uh, for what turned out to be a really easy turnover. Well, then
1: also the defensive touchdown as well.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty big deal
1: too because it's fourteen to three at that point. Missouri's driving down the field, well, sort of driving. They went what, ten yards. Had Missouri gone down, getting any score a of touchdown, a point, but that was a huge turning point as Guess well. Kind of bounced around. They kicked the field goal, great, get on the board. Fumble turnover, touchdown. Defense comes back, forces the punt, then comes back off It's come, off it's And so that was probably the turning point. Run, yeah, at seventeen fourteen, but you basically you scored seventeen straight points in like a minute. It seemed like two minutes, and so and Missouri, they're not going to be in the coaches' poll because they're they're bull band this year. But people are thinking this could be a pretty good Missouri team. And, yeah, I mean, and they, they were 17-point right favorites. outside the
0: top 25 in the AP. They were 26th, actually.
1: Yeah, 17-point favorites. People make fun of, like, oh, the Pac-12 lose these games, but look at SEC. Tennessee gets crushed. You have this Missouri game, which they lost. They didn't play well in some other stuff. It's like, had this been the Pac-12 or anybody else, they'd be all laughing at them, but SEC, get your act together as well. Come on.
0: Is it so... Um, and, and this game was another... You know, what we talked about, I've mentioned a couple times is... You know, when you get to the opponent's forty-yard line, when you are driving into the red zone, you have to take advantage of those opportunities. Mm -hmm. And you know, unlike some other teams that we we have and will talk about Utah State, we did. Um, But but Utah State's not alone. We'll get to the other. We'll get to the other. Let's go quickly
1: because we got to make this about an hour show here. So next game, wait—they
0: had four touchdowns and six opportunities in in the red zone. Boom! Do it. All right, that's a big deal.
1: Hey, what did I tell everybody about Weber State and San Diego State? watch out right did i not call did i not tell people to be careful
0: you know i can admit that i watched this entire game
1: Whoa. i watched a 17 minute um Knews game and i was still bored out of my mind it's like oh crap this is terrible <laughs> um six zero so it means we were state covered am i okay well that's he,
0: right they did
1: he, it was seven and a half i didn't even think about that <laughs> so here's the thing we did our power polls this week i put San Diego state 12th and i can defend that clearly
0: Okay, defend it. Real here's quick.
1: the thing, really quick. People like Colin. People get back and forth because I'll post mine. You garage Colin, other guys Logan. Like I don't know who posted every this week, but we'll put up a composite later this week. I get what one person says. If there is a clear understanding of how we'd vote, it would be more clear. So if we can defend our vote, every power ranking is valid. I think that's an accurate statement. When mm-hmm. I write my little blurb, the intro, I'm like, people are voting as they wish, and here's the ways. I am voting on a couple reasons for me this is no longer a season-long projected order of finish okay because hence a game was played right mm-hmm. so if you look at the i know the defense did amazing things because josh davis who or Dave, yeah, davis from weber state is really really good they held him to seven yards great the whole defense they they just did their thing they stopped weber state in their tracks cold constantine had a good percentage throwing the ball but only had 119 yards your offenses, I don't care if you're playing North Dakota State, the best FCS team in the world, it seems like. North Dakota North- State to score points. Usually anything, but it, my point is for the ranking last, this is not going to be more than one a week. This is going to be, they're not going to be 12th next, I guarantee it. First off, you didn't win your game. Oh, sorry, you won your game, please. Sorry, apologies. You won your game, but you beat an FCS team and look like, dreadful doing it. I know I should take more into consideration for defense, but if you look at the other... When, I'm not going to put them above any team that won this weekend. This was clearly the worst win, so that knocks them up quite a bit for me. Out of the losses, like Fresno was close to USC. They had a chance to win. You looked at um, what's the other games here that lost? Um, I guess Colorado State could have been to the bottom, but they put up points. They actually scored. You had Wake Forest, a close loss, and then that's it. You know what I mean? Their win was the worst overall, and they played an FCS team and only won by six points. That's my reason they're at the bottom, because their performance by far was the worst of the whole weekend.
0: So I'm going to point out one caveat. Okay, do it. Which is that Juwan Washington in particular was banged up in the first quarter. Okay. That game, suffered an ankle injury. Still had 22 carries, but he only had 55 yards. You got it another may running backs, be, don't you? It may, <laughs> see, that's the thing. Because nobody else really had an opportunity to cover themselves in glory. Like Jordan Bird had five carries and 50 yards, but half of that was yards. Came on a 23-yard run. You know, Chance Bell had three carries, 18 yards, but you know, one 11-yard carry kind of skews that a little bit. To me, the bigger problem is Ryan Agnew. Yeah, me too. You don't know, have a quarterback. People giving us crap about, oh, he's not, oh, he's not. they running the job for
1: up for quarterback. He's not very good, and I knew he's not very good, and so did you.
0: Well, and, but I mean, it's not entirely his fault either. Like, I watched the whole game and it didn't seem like the offense had any imagination whatsoever.
1: You're telling, wait, you're telling me a Rocky Long offense did not have any sort of imagination to do anything creative? Is that what you're telling yeah, me? Like,
0: <laughs> like, I would have imagined, like, more rollouts for one.
1: Yeah, they like they like.
0: You know, when I think of a spread offense, I'm not thinking of, like, a pistol with two running backs in the backfield. I'm not thinking of an offense that still <laughs> ran the ball more on first down than passed, um, but maybe there's a reason for that. Well, they said maybe there's a reason that you're giving them a new look and you're still rely, relying on the running game. Well, that's
1: what they said during the offseason, spring. It's going to be basically the same style of offense. We just want to put in shotgun, take advantage of Agnew's legs, which they did not.
0: They're lucky they're playing UCLA this coming week. No
1: kidding, like they're like their front, the offensive line, terrible. UCLA, so I I wouldn't be shocked if San Diego State goes in and beats UCLA like seventeen to three.
0: No, I guess not. But I mean, you know, to give more context to what you were saying earlier about the defense too, you know, I don't want to overlook that because they held Weber State to just three yards per play.
1: No, there Weber State's good for FCS, and the defense aspects played amazing,
0: and and it was really surprising because Weber State it didn't seem like they had an opportunity to take a shot down the field all game long. It seemed like Constantine was just trying to you know, dump off crossing patterns and so on. Um, and I think that that's a credit to the San Diego State secondary in particular. That yeah. They really locked down Weber State's receivers. Um, but, you know, more to the point, you know, they had 14 total drives. They had exactly one play on San Diego State's side of the field. And they had six three and outs. So, you know, to me, I get the impression this is going to be a lot like last year where uh, at least for the time being, they're only going to go as far as the defense can carry them. Do you mean like every year? Almost. Yeah.
1: I'm just saying this is not the norm. This is the norm, except for I expect a better rushing attack.
0: It's like I mean, so. I think, I think that the offense is rightly under a lot of scrutiny for the foreseeable future.
1: Yeah, and so me putting them twelve. Maybe it was me being all I'm just going to put them twelve because. But one game out of all, like I said, all the victories, the worst victory, offense laid the biggest <laughs> egg in the world. So whatever. They, even if they lose UCLA next week, they probably won't be last. But I'm just saying, you can't have that performance. All right, so real quick, next game UNLV Southern Southern Utah. You're right, 56 23. Armani Rogers played quite well They it, percentage wise. Well, he ran the ball well. Charles Williams ran the ball well. Um, they played pretty well overall, I'd say. <laughs> I mean, like defense, 23 points, that's fine. But it's rushing defense. Ooh, that was a good performance by them. 40 something yards given up.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and 23 of Southern Utah's points came in the fourth quarter, when yeah, the game was ups. already well out of reach. Um, to me, the story of the game is how the offense changed to really set Rodgers in particular up for success, you know, because he had one of his stronger, the stronger uh, passing performances of his career, Yeah, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were just kind of throwing short, you know, they were, you know, play you know, using a little bit of play action, and... You know, maybe more importantly, spreading the ball around to, you know, familiar faces like Makai Stevenson, who had 35 yards on three catches and a touchdown, or, you know, new guys like Steve Jenkins or Noah Bean, you know. 11
1: total guys caught a pass.
0: Yeah, and they didn't have to do too much in the passing game, Um, you know, not only because Rodgers was dominant on the ground as well, you know, he averaged over 10 yards a carry, but uh, if you had any questions about Charles Williams... And his ability to replace Lexington Thomas, he averaged 9.5 yards per carry on 15 attempts. Uh, I think that part of the offense is going to be just fine.
1: Yeah, I expect the offense to be okay. The only concern I'd have, like, Rodgers, a bit more efficient, which he was.
0: Passing defense, did fine,
1: didn't give up. They are okay. You know I mean, they are good enough. And like I said, the fourth quarter put in backups. And then you had you had well, Obelette, did pretty good. Relief for Armani Rodgers, so... There's something there because we mentioned there's a concern because Max Williams out for a couple games, right? And so mm-hmm. he's your guy. So we know Rodgers could be the way he style of play could get hurt, and so that's good to see him go out there and be fairly successful in his time. Seven involved. eleven. In, so
0: yeah, all in all, exactly the kind of performance you would have wanted to see out of you, and I'll be in this game.
1: All right, next game. Just um, a final game. Am I correct on this? Uh,
0: that is correct.
1: Fresno State USC. Thirty-one twenty-three this game i got to see most second half i came in right after the jt daniels injury which mm-hmm. ouch dang that hurt Turned around backwards got the knee twisted acl so how come here's my big question matt how come rod gilmore can't pronounce jorge reyna correctly
0: oh god why can't why can't rod gilmore just <laughs> spout common sense
1: that like as some people complain the field goal thing this that i thought the late field goal was fine because it kind of worked out for him like when it was like the, what, the 15, 16-point game late in the third quarter, whatever it was, hmm. 18. I'm like, uh, I could see either side. But how can you not say Jorge Reina properly? <laughs> you think I'm bad at names? Come on, Rod.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's on national television doing yeah, that. Yeah,
1: I am not. So 31-23. What, so what was your impression? Because this is your team, your most rooting interest team of the league. The passing, yardage were okay. Running game, not ideal with Reina leading the team rushing. That comeback fell fell up short with that one interception in the end zone to basically, well, it did end the game there in that fourth quarter.
0: Uh, long story short, this was a really frustrating game to watch. I can see um, that it's sort of in be,
1: close, close enough. They're just like it's like the Rams game, except closer. You know I mean, like they're just just there. You know what I mean? Like close enough.
0: Yeah. And the, and there were different reasons for that. Like the first reason was you know the fact that it seemed like for at least the first couple of drives they had no answer for the air raid. Yeah. And, you know, maybe some of that is just a credit to USC's receivers who, you know, obviously with Daniels' status, uh, he, like you said, he's done for the year. Mm-hmm. They, we don't know exactly how good the backup Kedden Slovis is. Uh, you know, he was 6 of 8 for 57 yards with an interception. Mm-hmm. Um, but USC's receivers are really good. Yeah. Um, and, and they were schemed open in such a way that it – they just couldn't stop them on those first two drives. And so once the game finally got to a place where, you know, Daniels was having a little more trouble finding the open receiver, Fresno State was you know occasionally getting a little more pressure on him before he could, you know, hit, a, hit the open man. Um, You know, by that point, they were down 14 nothing, And, you know, on the other side of the ball, you know, again, USC's defensive line, also really good. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's probably worth noting that Fresno State isn't likely to face this much talent on defense for the rest of the year. Yeah, um, I agree. Which, which I think does a lot to explain why Reyna was you know, not only 19 of 39 for you know, those 256 yards. Um, he was also the team's leading rusher as well because they put a lot of pressure on him. Um, and everybody was pointing out like his his jersey was grass stained like oh, all over. In the In the first half, it was basically what are you trying to do, dirty, dirty? It seemed like he was just under fire almost to pass. It did, yeah. And 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 to maybe to Rod to wash credit, he, he did note that on the rare occasions where the Bulldogs were able to take shots down the field with you know plays that developed, they did have some success. You know, yeah. Not only with the touchdown throw to to Darion Grimm, but you know they had the. The big fourth down credit played, excuse me, to to Chris Coleman. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't like it was a total offensive failure. It was just tough team. They were having they were having to compete with such talent in in you know what turned out to be fairly big mismatches at least for certain stretches of the game, uh, and those mismatches ended up being kind of the big difference because even though they did force four turnovers. Uh, you know, including two interceptions. Yeah, you know, They had two fumble recoveries and things like that. Um, and even though Michael Walker was back there tackling both the quarterback and the running back <laughs> on a huge fourth down play yeah. uh, late in the fourth quarter, it was just one of those things where it just didn't all come together.
1: Yeah, they had six points off four turnovers. And then the end of the first half, they had back-to-back chances after the pick and the fumble. Just punt the ball away and a half. So there's a they had chance, like even like you said, Rainham not playing amazingly well because the USC secondary. They still had chances to win this game. They had like said four turnovers, the intercepts, that huge fourth down play mentioned Coleman going down the field, the engine on the corner on the first and fifteen. I get taken a shot, but uh, fifteen yards. I guess that's the only place to go really end zone. Unless you may want to try to run it, but one forty five left. That's not what you want to do. Like, do you think like how outplay? Do you think they really outplayed this too much this game, or is it just maybe? talent kind of won out a little bit more
0: they were definitely outplayed in the first quarter
1: yeah i would say that for sure yeah they're down 14-3 quickly
0: uh i mean i think that once they settled down um i don't think that they were necessarily outplayed for most of the rest of the game uh obviously and i don't think we mentioned the 100 yard kickoff return
1: oh whoops yeah that
0: Dallas jones had for sc that was a backbreaker yeah but maybe even more to the point, you know, we talked about it with Utah State. We talked about it a little bit with Wyoming. Um, but this was the, the last situation where Fresno State had opportunities to be more aggressive down in the USC red zone, and they chose to settle. Well,
1: no, yeah, except for the end of the game when they are aggressive, they had to pick. But you had to be aggressive there.
0: Yeah. And, it, you know, just I'm going to go down the line, on down the drive chart. So they were, mm-hmm. I think it was fourth and five. On that first opportunity in the first quarter, uh, they were at the USC twenty-seven. Or maybe it was fourth and two. It was one or the other. Um, but yeah, they fourth settled and for that two, first yeah. field goal, mm-hmm.
1: which that's um, fine. It's
0: well, I don't know. You're down 14 And then you know, and then you know, you have to kind of fast forward to the third quarter. But you know, their very first drive, they they go from their own twenty-five yard line down to the USC twelve, and then they give the ball away on a fumble.
1: Yeah, first and goal right there.
0: Very next drive, they get it back on a fumble. Uh, you know they they're only move, able to move at eight yards, but again it's fourth and two at the USC twenty nine. You are double digit underdogs on the road. Why are you settling for field goals?
1: And you're like you're down only touched at that point too. Like maybe yeah. that's why. Maybe that's their, here's why I'm thinking they would go for it there because defense half If you look at if you go back to the end of the first half, USC went interception, fumble, fumble. Their next three, their previous three possessions were all turnovers. Mm-hmm. She so may look. Oh, defense got something. We'll take points or defense is doing fine. I maybe that's her thinking.
0: Which they just they just weren't aggressive enough. For they weren't.
1: I, I I get it. But I, my point maybe I I would go for it too. Maybe once or twice. But I think three straight possessions, to restart turnovers. Our defense is on it. We'll take any points we get. We'll get it back again. But then like you mentioned, that hundred-yard kickoff returns, Like crap. That's like probably I'd circle that as probably the bit, most the biggest play of the game because momentum was going in Fresno's favor even though they gave the ball up. Only scored three points from those uh three straight um turnovers by USC, they right. don't get a touchdown there. Or let's just say they just go down the field and maybe they get a touchdown later, but that touchdown's like crap. And then next like well, next drive, same especially thing. Especially considering that the
0: Bulldogs were only five of sixteen on third downs. Yeah. Uh and right. they were two of two on fourth downs, why wouldn't you be more aggressive?
1: At least one of the times. Like maybe the second time. Like I get the I get maybe the first time, you're not gonna do it, but I don't know, my, my coach thinking what Tedford's going for, our defense is fine, we'll take points and make it a four-point game.
0: I don't know, I just didn't like the way that that whole thing I mean, unfolded.
1: You're not wrong, I just tried to put my shoe into his brain or whatever I'm trying to say there, Think about what he would do, I guess. Uh-huh. So, but, close loss, like, are you disappointed with an eight-point loss? Or disappointed because they could have they had chances to win this game?
0: Uh, More of the latter. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I did. I did pick President State to cover. After all.
1: Yeah. You did. Good job. <laughs> all right. That's our last game of the weekend. Anything else we need to add, real quick? Or are we good to go? You think?
0: I think we are all set.
1: All right. look for our power poll, which apparently has been controversial on Twitter, and also people love the GIF reaction on Sunday. We had a ton of people replying, retweeting. We'll do that every Sunday morning. So be back for that. To be happy or sad, and mwire.com is our website. We had oh announcement, Matt. New site record on Saturday. Awesome. Week one. Boom. Sorry, Eli Betker. We beat all basketball. Suck it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and
0: we beat in Nevada beat the, the Eli Betker hacks.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, him, him, him and his Purdue. He's trying to talk football, like stay with tickle hoops, but it's okay. He's doing stuff for sporting <laughs> news at the time being. So good luck on that and have a good time, but we had some good banter back and forth, everybody. So yeah, check out the website, check out MWC Wire on Twitter, power all sorts of stuff coming out this week. Good start to the first week of the season for us. And we'll be back uh, sometime Wednesday to preview week two until then. Um, Enjoy your week and get ready for next Saturday.